Welcome to Podcast 21 uh, in the books. Happy New Year. That's Hope everyone right. had a great uh, holiday season. I know we're sneaking this one in out of the gun to get it into January, but yeah, great to be back on the pod. What we're talking about today is uh, David Liggett, our fearless leader, Hey, just got back from PTC, yes, the Pacific Telecommunications Conference, Hard. conference in Hawaii. That's right. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we got some hyperscale content that we had queued up for December uh, that we didn't get to that we want to talk about today. Uh, so if you haven't looked, listened to it, check out Podcast 20, which is our 2020 predictions. So easy. Uh, and 2019, which is, you know, so 2019. That's right. But Podcast 19 and, was 2019 wrap-up. And still worth listening to. And it's still worth one. listening yeah. to. Those two in, in, in combo are, are great, great content. So check those out. But coming up next, we're going to talk PTC and Hyperscale. Okay, so David, welcome back. Thanks. You look very sun-kissed and tan. <laughs> I know you I had think, a great time out there. I think you're looking for sunburn. Thank you for, uh, you know, taking one for the team. That was hard. And going like out to Hawaii for yeah. PTC. So I do have some specific questions, but I want to say, uh, and one quick over-under. The okay. over-under on the number of C-level executives that yes. you saw. At PTC. Yes, at PTC, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, is, man. Or doing the limbo, or okay. with a Mai Tai and a little coconut cup yes What's over the under is uh seven and a half. Oh gosh more way over yes no no <laughs> I, I would say generous. i would say probably the first and the third not the second not there doing was the limbo there was not a lot of limbo there might have been limboing going on i was not okay present at those events but uh no there were a lot of hawaiian shirts um and a lot of mai tais but and like some data center conversations occurring. Yes. Incidentally. Many, many data center conversations occurring. And if you were there, uh, the people that were there probably are laughing because, yeah, there was there were a lot of people out there. It's a great event. Uh, and there's, you know, just, I mean, people from all over the world. Obviously, it's a, a an easy place to travel to in the sense of the the, the destination is really fun. But um, you know, it is really a great midpoint if you think about like the U.S. and Asia Pac, and then you know there was actually a really strong contingent of, of people from Europe there as well. So it was yeah, awesome. So those, those of you who aren't familiar, PTC is Pacific Telecommunications Council, mm-hmm. and so I just read quickly their their mission statement here. It says a global nonprofit membership organization promoting the advancement of information and communication technologies in the Pacific Rim. Comma, most the most dynamic geography of the world spanning over 40 nations. Yeah. And so, you know, I think you, some of your thoughts were, you know, if you just read the name, it's, it says telecommunications, but yeah. it's really broadened. In fact, there were a ton of data center people there. And yeah. if you look at the attendee list, uh, you know, I, I looked at it, it's like it, there were 2,000 attendees representing 900 companies from 68 countries. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it look at a big portion of those were, you know, marked as one of their, their primary interests for going out there was data center. Yeah, so you bet. It, it, you know, it's it seems like a great uh, meeting up. Again, as you realize, it, there's an easy draw. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, there's a content draw and there's a there's a connection and networking draw that, that is very strong. Yeah, and there's, you know, a lot of the things that if you're in the industry, a number of the events that uh, we go to traditionally are, are pretty, either they're localized to a specific market or they're regionalized to a specific geography and so this this one this event just does a great job of bringing you know a lot of uh, people from different places together and um you know to learn and to and to also just hear about what's happening in the market which is 
you know, of great value on a number of things. I have, there are really three things for me that I took away from the, the time there, you know, and just a lot of conversations with people in the industry here in the U S in Europe, uh, in Asia, uh, in other areas of the world, Latin America, India. Um, and so I think, you know, a couple of my takeaways that I was going to share with, um, you know, people that were at the event, but also those that, that aren't, because I think it was such a good cross-reference of people as well as, uh, the, the ideas and the trends that are going on in different parts of the world, cause they are different in different areas. But, you know, the first one is just that connectivity is so important in the data center industry. Um, and, you know, really focusing on like at the local level, you know, at the regional level, at the national level, now at the global level. I mean, it's very clear that network and connectivity, in my opinion, have become much more important today than they were a while ago. Um, and as companies are trying to make decisions about their internet inf- or their IT infrastructure, uh, where they place it, you know, a lot of that depends on what type of connectivity and network you're going to get in those in those areas. And, and we've certainly heard from folks on both sides of the equation, customers and the providers, is that that story is is continually growing in importance. Yeah, it's it's where are you and where can you be? Yeah, and sure. How quickly can you be there? Yeah, uh, and how reliably can you be there? So you know that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and one of the interesting or things that were talked about at PTC was you know around the subsea cable growth and how that's really changed. The market, what that's allowing companies to uh, do related to where they want to grow and what areas they want to grow in and how certain areas in different countries are becoming kind of the hubs for the subsea cables coming in. And so we uh, certainly saw that. I mean, you know, last year, you know, L.A., Portland, specifically seeing, you know, some either new or renewed interest just based on, you know their connectivity yeah so, on the, that yeah, west coast east coast you got like we already knew but yeah, yeah you got like it. virginia beach you know the the kind of the richmond area uh even there's some areas like in like um you know manhattan like uh, long island that are becoming continual uh areas for that so anyway it just it is very clear that this is a growing growing in importance uh, as it relates to our industry you know the second thing is that that i took away this is just a, it's a global business and you know as you know we focus on at data center hawk we focus on different types of data center industry professionals that our services help um and so i just wanted to highlight i think the impact of of the business being global what what that means to these different groups so one is like the actual like end user themselves so the company that has it infrastructure requirements and they're in they're either doing that on their own they're either um deploying it to, to a co-location facility or they've got some sort of cloud environment that they are creating today and so you know the challenge for them globally is they've got to figure out how to make their it infrastructure serve the needs of their business um you know which is which is challenging from a number of perspectives and we talk about the challenge that users have of making a, a decision for today that impacts tomorrow when you don't know what tomorrow is you know and so Globally, you're seeing that really mature, you know, data center operators, you know, they've been expanding their portfolios uh, globally over the last three years so that they're in a position to really serve clients. Um, And they've done that through acquisitions. They've done that through land banking. There's just been a number of things that we've seen them do, especially if you want to serve like enterprise or large cloud service providers. Um, But you've got to have a global portfolio. 
I mean, that's very clear today. Investors, you know, if you want to provide equity or debt to data center projects, uh, you have to have a global approach, meaning you've got to be able to understand the dynamics of, you know, one region to the next, one country to the next, one market to the next uh, on a global basis. Do you see large differences in development costs from country to country? You know, U.S. versus Europe, yeah, U.S. versus Asia. Certainly. Is that, is that a deciding factor for these folks? Yeah, I think I think um, that's that's one of them is understanding those development costs. And in certain markets, you know, there's you've got in certain countries, you just have different challenges to develop, you know, any type of real estate. But certainly the dynamics around the data center developments related to the amount of power and the amount of connectivity and all the things, security, all the things that it takes to. Uh, you know, build something that customers are going to find attractive. That, that's the the dynamics between market to market certainly is can be different. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, and then you know the brokers, brokers and consultants. You know, it really goes back to the commentary on users. But if you want to advise a client, well, you've really got to understand what their needs are. And because that's changing globally, you've got to understand how these markets relate to one another. You might have a customer that has a a data center deployment in Chicago, and they have one too in Frankfurt and uh, you know, in Singapore. And you've got to be able to know how those markets operate and function because clients expect you to. So, you know, again, the, the business is, it's a global business and it's only growing that way. And then the, the other takeaway that I had from PTC was really around just service maturity growth. So what I mean by this is, you know, the data center user community is requiring more from the data center operator community today than they ever have before. And over the last five to 10 years, the data center operators have really listened to what data center users need and have adjusted their services to meet those needs and to try to, um, you know, as Wayne Gretzky would say, like, you know, skate to where the puck's going to be, not to where it is today. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a number, like I just brought up three examples of data center operators have done something in the last 90 days that illustrate this. Um, one is, and these are all you know public announcements. But one is Equinix. At the beginning of the year, they acquired Packet, or you know they're in, in works to acquire Packet, which is you know a, a bare metal automation platform. So basically, the, the goal here is to speed up efficiencies around hybrid multi cloud depo- deployments. So I think they're looking at their business and wanting to um, you know add a service that helps their customers grow faster within their platform, which I think is really smart. Um, aligned Energy. Uh, which is a data center operator here in the U.S. and areas like Dallas, Phoenix, Salt Lake, Northern Virginia. But they announced a partnership with Packet Fabric, different than the, uh, the, the group I mentioned before, where they're basically providing customers with additional network and cloud connectivity options from their facilities. Uh, and then QTS is another example of a company that has, has taken Megaport, which is uh, a, a cloud connectivity service, uh, and has added it to a number of their facilities as well. So I think it, it, it actually all these things show you know the importance of, of connectivity, which goes back to the first point. But what you're seeing is the data center operator community, their service is growing, and you know it will only help uh, them with users that they have just become stickier over time and, and increase their business opportunities. So those are my three takeaways from PTC 2020. Number four is wear sunscreen. The sun around the equator. It's is more, it, you're closer to the sun, right? That's is right. That, or uh, you're, I don't anyways. know. Well, you know, one, one <laughs> of the things I was a, thinking, and this is a little bit off the cuff, but not to be too political here, but, you know, did you get a sense of how these operators are viewing, like, China 
as a user, as a provider, as a, you know, massive nation. Sure. You know, how is that, you know, playing on those discussions? Yeah, right I, I, I think, you know, China uh, and other countries with large populations represent a big opportunity for um, companies that want, you know, companies that want to um, increase the data center supply in a market and really like get to areas that have untapped opportunities. And, um, and so, you know, that market I think is eyed as very attractive. Uh, there's some challenges with, you know, some countries that have different regulations, they see the world differently. Um, so from a business perspective, I think you've got to weigh that into what the opportunities really are because things work differently there, but you certainly have seen, or, you know, if you think about over the last two years, we have seen uh, some data center providers and users um, make some investments there and, you know, they're starting to pay off. So uh, it's a longer game in some of those markets, but I think if you've got the capital and you've got the time and you can invest there, you know, down the road, uh, those companies will look back and, and be glad that they did. Sure. Again, like you said, billion plus people. Yes. You know, that are all becoming increasingly technologically yes. oriented. Yes. So. There's certainly an opportunity there, yeah. and I think you're right. There's probably some, and this is an armchair opinion, but yeah, sure. there's certainly some challenges there. Yeah. So. Okay, thanks again for those thoughts. Yeah, I encourage PTC. everyone to check out PTC again. I think it's attractive for a lot of reasons, uh, but you know, just the folks you can meet there, the insight in the industry yeah. you get, it sounds like you had a great time. I know you brought Leanne yes. out, and you all yeah. had some good time. Yeah, it was awesome. So it was I good think stuff. There was some snorkeling was done. There was some, some dolphin watching was done. There dolphin watching. There so, was some. There was a sunset cruise that went yeah, on. So much fun was had by all. There we go. So it was, was great. Much celebration. Okay, so uh, next thing we want to talk about again, like we said, we had this content queued up for 2020 or 2019. Yes. Didn't get to it. Here we go. So you guys, the listeners, benefit here. So yes, uh, just talk about hey, hyperscale trends we're seeing. Yeah. Again, it's it's the topic that. Uh, we never seem to tire of talking about and people don't seem to get tired of hearing about it. So we're going to keep, we're going <laughs> to, yet, hey, you got to give the people what they want. Uh, That's right. So again, I think it's helpful just to remind what do we mean when we say hyperscale? And so we go back yeah. to an interview we did with Tad Greeson, chief hyperscale officer for QTS. Yep. Uh, and, and his definition was, was really, Hey, you know, some people limit their definition of hyperscale to mean one of a very small handful of companies that's going to just show up at your door and stroke a check for 15, 20, 30 megawatts. Yep. Uh, but he really broadens that definition to say, hey, you know, there's another 20 to 30 companies that will take down one to two megawatts at a time. And over time, they're going to end up with a 15 to 20 megawatt portfolio. Yes. And he really considers that hyperscale. Yeah. And, and his definition really is, hey, you know, scalability. So, hey, can you meet my need today? And then where we think we're going to be in four or five years. Yep. Um, speed to deliver. Yep. And so can you meet the need quickly and, and on the time frame that we need? Um, economics, hey, the price is right. Yep. It's got to be right. Yep. Uh, and then location, 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 right? So they've got a strategy for where they need to be as well. Yeah. And that's part of the, you know, what we're going to talk about here in a minute. So, you know, hey, just, I would say, like, you know, I know you've got some great thoughts on this. What is your current, your view of the market at January 28th, 2020, uh, and what you're seeing uh, start to develop and unfold over the next 12 to 24 months? Good, good question. I, I think, too, you have to understand in our market that, you know, prior to 2016 and 2017, like the requirements, this, this market didn't exist. The hyperscale market that you're discussing and tag was talking about. I mean, it was a, uh, you know, traditionally these companies had always had the economies of scale that it made sense to go do it themselves. So there was a massive shift 
in probably 2016 when we stalled, when we started to see that beginning to change. And so that, I mean, you, you did a great job, that hyperscale market, you know, is there's that 10 to 20 companies, whatever that number is, that's buying in big chunks. And the size has grown over time. Uh, and, and so it's a, it's a fascinating market. In fact, it's, I would tell you it's the one thing that's probably impacted the overall global data center market more than anything in the last three years is this exact opportunity, uh, you know, these companies doing what they've done. So, um, you know, here's some of the things that I think are happening today. And, you know, I don't think they'll change that much over the next 12 months. So I think these are probably, you know, good for the date today, which is the 28th, you said. Uh, right. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and then also, you know, it's probably going to ring true for the next 12 months. So, you know, the first thing is that there's a dual strategy that exists with hyperscale data center users. And what I mean by that is there are those companies that um, the lease the infrastructure, which is what we've talked about, has changed the opportunity here in the U.S. and in other uh, international markets as well, but they will also own and operate their own data center facilities as well. And so over time, we've watched those levers go up and down and in certain areas. In 2018, um, you know, we set some um, records from an absorption standpoint here in the U.S. In 2019, there was different records set in other international markets. But, you know, um, this this dual strategy is taking place and it's happening, you know, um, I think we've seen it like in Phoenix, Northern California, especially Chicago, even and yep. in like Northern Virginia, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, here in the U.S. Yeah, some of those are the markets where we're seeing, like you said, that play out and, you know, just a lot of activity yeah. on both sides of that equation. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and it looks like, you know, a data center, uh, one of those large data center users might have, you know, 50 to 100 megawatts deployed on their own in facilities they own and operate. And they might have. 50 to 100 megawatts deployed with data center operators where they lease the infrastructure and it's in a building that the, the data center operator owns themselves and the user is, you know, basically a, a, a customer or a tenant in that building. And so it's a it's it's very unique because both are very capital, uh, you know, cost a lot of capital. Obviously, the own infrastructure uh, own uh, building on your own infrastructure model is, you know, capital more up front. The leasing gives you a time to deploy that capital over time. Um, but it certainly is a strategy that we see today. So that's one of the things that is happening. And I don't see that changing. Um, like, I don't think they will declare, hey, we are doing this from now on and we will never lease infrastructure again or all we're doing is leasing and we'll never build and own and operate the, the data center facilities themselves. Uh, you know, so the second thing I think that's certainly on the radar for 2020 is that, you know, the, the international markets are eyed for growth. And so... Um, you know, in 2018, as I mentioned, the U.S. had one of the largest absorption years ever. Absorption is just a fancy term for demand. So it's how we measure how much leasing took place in a certain period of time. And so in 2018, it was a record number in the U.S. Now, in 2019, the U.S., it was more moderate. And I think we've talked about on our previous podcast, which you can listen to on 2019, which Mike mentioned before, you know, uh, it met what we thought it was going to, to do. Um, but, you know, in 2019, we saw, you know, large, amount, large amounts of absorption levels in Europe. And certainly think that will continue in 2020 um, and in other international markets. I mean, typically in every data center market and country is different. 
as it relates to how mature they are. And this is not an insult to any one area, but there's just the reality when you have 10 data center operators in one market uh, that have been doing this for 20 years and they know what they're doing, typically they're going to have very mature facilities. These are tier three, tier three plus facilities. They have high security, their services, they're very competitive. And so then when you go into markets that don't, uh, there's a reason a lot of times those providers aren't there. You know, it might be that there's not enough demand. It might be that it's too hard to get there. Um, you know, they're only focused in one region. They're not focusing. So I certainly think there's a big opportunity internationally this year. Yeah, um, I think from, you know, just from the data side of things, what we're tracking is, you know, certainly seeing that play out in places like Frankfurt, London, yeah. Dublin, which is, you know, got its own, you know, set of characteristics that make it unique. Um, so I think, yeah, that your comments are right on. Yeah. I think we've seen that backed up with the data as, as those markets continue to, to grow. And like you said, I think maybe a, a larger focus on leasing on the international side from the large hyperscale groups. Um, but like you said, not anything, not an insane swing and yeah. not like, uh, you know, massive shifts in the landscape, but um, certainly growth yeah. in those international markets. And that'll, that'll happen in 2020. Another really interesting uh, trend in the hyperscale development is around just the, the timelines are key to decision making. I mean, I think maybe more important than price. And I know some people are going to be like, what are you talking about? It's all about how much it costs. You know, um, you know, cost is one thing in these deals, but you have some very sophisticated users that understand cost and, um, you know, returns on capital investment. And so, you know, what is, is, certainly important and sometimes more important is can you meet the timelines that they have especially i mean you said it right at the beginning on the scalability piece you know you've got to be able to meet day one capacity and then scale up over time that means you need a big supply chain i mean there's not a data center operator today that's cha that's focused on hyperscale growth that's not talking about their supply chain and that they're they can meet the demands over time because they spent the time to work with um, suppliers that can help them meet their timelines. And so, um, you know, the other trends that you're seeing from that, from the data center operator community, things like land banking. So they're buying, you know, large tracts of land. And, and I think it's important to remember that they might have plans to build 100 megawatts on a, you know, whatever it is, a 100 acre site, but that is going to come over a long period of time. So the, the capital investment is, in my opinion, it's smart because it's just positioning themselves as proactive. That's one of our key values here at Data Center Hawk. And it's certainly one that you see a number of data center operators working on is just proactively thinking, hey, where's the industry going to go? And when it goes there, we want to be ready. And again, we've talked about, you know, at length on this podcast about just the, it's not a guessing game. It's an educated guessing game about yes. how how are you going to sell? Who are you going to sell to? When are you going to get the deal done? And so there's just this. It's it's not frenetic, but there's some pressure. You can you can feel you can hear it when you talk to folks. Of yeah. like, hey, we want we've got capital. We need to allocate it, but we don't want to just build a center and yeah. just wait. Yeah. And, and and you know in a in a prayer right. that it's going to lease up. Right. You know when we want it to, and so right. they're try everyone's trying to sign it. And the pre-lease and yes, you know. Yeah, so. and that, that actually brings up a really good point that we didn't think about before. But, you know, you're we've talked a lot about just how these deals are structured. And, you know, I think you're starting to see a number of people look at, you know, um, 
the powered shell game. And we've talked about this before. I mean, this is all just deployment of capital and how far, how much capital you want to spend mm -hmm. uh, without having something completed. And, you know, there's a number of groups that are really trying to understand, hey, are there opportunities where we can just acquire the land and build a shell, um, which, you know, in the data center world, you know, that's just obviously a, a, a fortified building that typically has power running to it and, you know, some connectivity. And then, you know, the equipment has not yet been installed. But basically for timeline purposes, you know, if you can get to that point, uh, you're, you know, you're three to six months ahead of other groups, sometimes even a year because people don't have a site acquired yet. And when you acquire a site, you have to go through the due diligence process, all the things that it takes to do this. So I mean, this is like <clears throat> kind of real estate 101 as it relates to, you know, how to position yourselves to be in a spot where when the demand comes, you've done a lot of work ahead of time. And that kind of brings us into the last thing we want to talk about, just about where we've seen those things happen. Yes. And in, in some of those bets that you made, that people made in the last, shoot, five years, yes. have paid off. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we have a mutual friend that won't say his name, but spent a very long time uh, investing his time and energy in this industry with no, no return whatsoever. Yeah. And then at the end of, I think it was four years, yeah. uh, landed a very, very large deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it made all of the previous four years worth it. Yeah. And so I sure. think I think maybe there's some champagne bottles being popped in some of these markets. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> you know, it's a relief. Yeah, it's a long game. You know, and we'll get to the fourth one here in a minute. But there's, you know, uh, we'll talk to uh, some people in the space or investors in the space that want to get in that have been like general like real estate investors, mm -hmm. and they'll ask us about, hey, should we invest in this deal or whatever it might be? And I try and just be very realistic that this is not a six to twelve month experience. I mean, if you want to be in this space, you, you know, you have to be committed to the time that it takes to really understand the market and do deals. And, you know, if you make a mistake in this space, it's about 10 times more expensive than your traditional office market, industrial market, re, you know, obviously depending on deal size. But so it's, you know, I've always actually almost discouraged investment unless you have the uh, capital patient capital, which I know is making probably makes people laugh because no capital's ever patient. Um, but then also just the patience to understand the market and, and move along with it. Um, okay, so the fourth trend that I see really right now in the data center hyperscale <clears throat> market is that smaller deployments are driving growth around key business initiatives. So you brought up at the beginning, there's a number of companies that have been focused on, I will even say like you know, let's say 10 megawatts and higher where the deployments are some that come in and they've got a six meg deployment and it's got to grow by six megs over a period of time. Some that, Hey, I'm going to come in with 20 and then it's got to grow by another 20. Those are fewer and far between. Uh, but over the last six to 12 months, we've seen, you know, a number of like four to 10 megawatt deployments in markets that traditionally we haven't seen a lot of activity in. Um, and, you know, it's my take on those type of requirements that, you know, these large companies that are doing them either have a, a key customer that needs to be in a general region to support something that they're doing with that customer, or there's some sort of network play related to why they've got to be where they where they are, um, you know, or that it fits their portfolio to be in that region with that deployment. And so you're starting to see a, a number of uh, requirements that are illustrating how the market is changing. You know, and so I'd say, Hey, 2016, 2017, we weren't seeing like large transactions. Then we started seeing them. Now those transactions 
um, have changed and there's a smaller subset of those that are happening, which I think is really interesting. And it's, it's created some demand in markets that traditionally haven't seen that type of demand. And if, and if I'm in one of those markets, if I'm an operator in one of those markets, like I'm greatly encouraged. Or if I'm even a, an operator in a market that's, that didn't get a large lease land yeah. you know, in 2019, I'm still encouraged. And you, can, yeah. you, think, you think a 20 megawatt requirement in, in Northern Virginia becomes 210, 210 megawatt requirements that went somewhere else. And if you just project that forward, maybe the trend is now that it becomes four, five megawatt requirements yeah. is that continue to just spread and spread and spread and get this coverage and that, you know, everyone's going to get fed yeah. at some point. Uh, but again, you know, we, we know markets that have not seen the large deal land, our home front Dallas being yeah, one of those. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be encouraged just yeah. by that, that overall trend that, you know, there's going to be a continued diversification yep. amongst the larger buyers. And then, you know, as the, their strategies evolve and they're going to need, they're going to eventually need, if you think to its, you know, final end, yep. there's gonna be space everywhere. And every, yep. there's gonna be data centers everywhere. So yeah, uh, to some extent, you know, there'll be continued coverage to increase. Yeah. And I, the, and it, and it should encourage, you know, not just the providers or the, you know, but I mean, the, the service providers in those markets, the cabling companies, you know, the, the power companies, the groups that are, you know, investing um, resources from a business development standpoint in those different areas to go, hey, there's there's going to be opportunities in different markets moving forward. That's certainly a trend I think that will stay consistent in 2020. And, uh, you know, and it, and it just illustrates, I mean, I mentioned it before, just how the business is changing. So, again, the four uh, trends that I see right now, there's a dual strategy that's existing among hyperscale users. Uh, the international markets are eyed for growth in 2020. Um, meeting the timeline is one of the most important parts uh, of the decision-making process uh, for users and providers being able to do that. And then smaller deployments are driving growth around key business initiatives. So watch for those things in 2020 to continue because I think they will. Our thanks, David, for those great thoughts on PTC and hyperscale. Uh, so again, just as a reminder, you can submit, if you have questions or comments for future topics we'd like us to cover, go ahead and put those in here, YouTube, uh, or anywhere on social media, LinkedIn, we're about there. Uh, additional, you know, we put a lot of this content into blog format yeah. so you can share it and read it. Uh, if you don't have, you know, the time or the inclination to listen to it as the, uh, on the podcast. So, yeah. uh, David, what else we got teed up for the rest of 2020? Yeah. So I'm, you know, excited. I mean, we'll be doing more podcasts, so. This is not the last you've seen of Mike Netzer and David Liggett. Uh, no, we'll be around doing different podcasts around uh, the content that obviously is impacting data center users, providers, investors, uh, consultants. So that will be really what we cover from a from a content standpoint. And then we'll continue our Hawk Talk discussions that we have with industry leaders. So um, hopefully those listening know that you know we sit down consistently with C-level and leadership executives from, from data center operator community, uh, as well as data center leaders in the space, and, and talk to them about trends that are changing the market, how they see their company growing, um, where they're really trying to position themselves to meet users in the future. So um, I'm really excited about those. Those are always, I know we, you know, um, always have good feedback from, from those discussions. And it's, it's great content from our standpoint just to get to talk to the people that are really shaping this industry. So, um, you know, those things for us, I'm really excited about. We actually have, I don't know if we've talked about this, but we have a track where we're going to um, really work to educate people on our YouTube channel. So we're working right now to look back on all of the content that we've done over the last two years and pull out really good descriptions on what's taking place specifically 
you know, at a very elementary level, what is a data center? What is co-location? What are cloud services? Things like that, as well as, you know, market overviews. Why is the Seattle data center market attractive? Here's a 30 second video discussion on why. Why is, uh, you know, hyperscale changing the market today? Here's 30 seconds to a minute on why that's taking place. So that will be taking place too. Uh, so we'll be busy in okay. 2020. Cannot wait to see that additional stuff. Uh, look forward to that on all of our channels. Uh, see you guys next time. Thank you.